Our scripture text for this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Let us listen to God's word. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could never speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. This is a very common text, a text on spiritual gifts. I think we've probably all heard it many times, but this morning I want to use this text to talk about the life of Samson. As I thought about this text, I thought about all those people in the Bible who were given gifts, those who were blessed for certain things. And one of the men that came to mind was Samson, a man who was given gifts, spiritual gifts, from the very beginning. A guy who lives out this passage in 1 Corinthians in that God gives him gifts and he expects him to use them for the good of the community. If you had your birth foretold by an angel that your parents, to your parents, that you were coming and that angel gave you a preview of the incredible things that you were going to accomplish, well, good for you. The rest of us have to live vicariously through people like Samson. Before he was born, an angel came to his mother, and the angel told her that he would not be allowed to shave his head or touch a corpse for his entire life because the Spirit of God was going to be upon him. He had a purpose from the very moment he was born. The angel told Samson's mother, It is he who shall begin to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Now, if you remember, the Philistines were Israel's neighbors. Maybe your neighbors park their boat on part of your lawn or play music much too loud, much too late. But the good news is, unlike the Philistines, they don't steal all your animals and burn down your houses. They don't loot and pillage for fun or routinely destroy your army so that you'll never be powerful enough to get rid of them. The Philistines, quite frankly, are the bad guys. So God is cooking something up. He's going to send his spirit onto his people, Samson, and he's going to give this guy gifts so he can begin to get rid of the Philistines that keep killing God's people. 
Now, Samson's birth might have been fantastic, but receiving gifts from the Spirit of God is actually not. We are all given gifts from the Spirit of God. You can find lists of them in the Bible, speaking wisdom, speaking knowledge, faith, healing, working miracles, prophesying, discernment, speaking of tongues. All of these are given by the Spirit for the common good. These gifts are given for the good of the entire community. That is what 1 Corinthians teaches us. Samson's gift is not on this list. Yours might be, but it might not. You see, I don't think Paul was writing a dictionary entry when he wrote this list. These are just the ones that came to mind. The Spirit can give any gifts the Spirit wants, and we can expect that it's a gift the community needs. Samson's gift is not diplomacy, as you'll see, so God's plan is not one of negotiation. Samson's gift is strength, like superhuman, I'm a superhero kind of strength. Because God is planning to get rid of the Philistines. The problem, as the story of Samson's life continues, is that Samson doesn't really want to use his gift for getting rid of the Philistines. When he's a teenage boy, he sees a girl, a Philistine girl, and he tells his parents, I want to marry her. This is the beginning of God's plan. He's creating sparks between the Philistines and the Israelites. So Samson talks his parents into it, and he's going with his dad to get this girl so he can marry her. And along the way, a lion roars at him. Now Samson doesn't like that. So he jumps out and takes the lion, and he literally rips it in half. The Bible says he tore the lion apart barehanded, as one might tear apart a baby goat. I don't know why tearing apart a baby goat is a good point of comparison. But regardless, this guy is serious. He marries this girl and decides that the best way to get to know her family and friends, all of whom are Philistines, is to take them and bet them. He's going to bet them 30 sets of regular clothes and 30 sets of fancy clothes that they can't answer his riddle. This is a bit confusing, I know. But Samson really thinks that a good get-to-know-you game with his in-laws is to start spouting off some riddles and see if they can guess the right answer. The family agrees to the bet. And then they begin to persuade the new wife that he now has to figure out the answer to the riddle. She weeps before Samson for seven days, and Samson finally gives in, and he tells her the answer. She tells her family, and they tell Samson, and that's right, they win the bet. If anyone is taking notes here on in-law relationships, this is not the place to go. Samson could certainly have used some premarital counseling. (laughs) When he loses the bet, he goes to town. He kills 30 people, all Philistines, steals their clothes, and gives those 30 clothes to fulfill the bet. He leaves his wife, and he goes back to live with his parents. Which might be, just as a side note, a comfort to some of you, kids have been moving back home for thousands of years. (laughs) But Samson's life doesn't get any simpler. He goes back for his wife, and when her father tells him to get lost, he ties torches to the tails of 300 foxes and lets them loose into the Philistines' fields. 
The Philistines decide to kill him for revenge, but Samson finds the jawbone of a donkey. You can't make this stuff up. It's in the Bible. (laughs) And he kills a thousand of them with it. Samson, in this outrageous story, uses his strength again and again to get rid of these ridiculous situations that he puts himself in. Often situations where Samson looks suspiciously like the villain. He goes about his life, but the Philistines hate him because he keeps killing their people. And the Israelites hate him too because the more Philistines that he kills, the angrier they get and the more Israelites they kill in revenge. Samson uses his strength, and in the end, he is hated by just about everyone. Here's the thing about gifts from the Spirit. Samson has this superhuman strength from God, and he's supposed to use it to crush the Philistines, which he does sometimes. But often he just uses it to escape bad decisions. He stops using the gifts of the Spirit for the common good and starts using it for himself. Which we do too. You have gifts from God. Maybe you're charismatic or driven. Maybe you're wise or knowledgeable, financially savvy. You can work a crowd. Maybe you're really strong. Our Corinthians text lists out the gifts of the Spirit, or at least some of them, and places emphasis on using those gifts for the common good. Do you use the gifts that you have for the good of the community? Do you use them to build up and encourage and equip the people that God has put in your path? I would guess that like Samson, our answer is sometimes. God has given us gifts and Sometimes we use them for the common good. Sometimes we just use them to make sure that we can make ends meet in our own lives. Despite the fact that Samson is using God's strength so he can get girls, God continues to use him for good in the world. Despite how we use our gifts at times for our own good, God continues to use us for good in the world too. But there's more out there. There is a bigger plan that we can be a part of because our gifts have a purpose to them. And when we use them for that purpose, we can feel it. It feels right. Work like this might be tiring, but it doesn't leave you feeling empty. It leaves you feeling satisfied. Work like this is something you can look forward to. It's something you can be proud of. It's something that you're good at because the Spirit has given you the gift to do it. This is why God gives us gifts, so we can be a part of creating heaven on earth. And this is why it's important that in the church we're using our gifts too, not just serving because we can or feel obligated to, but actually using our gifts so that when we do serve, we want to. It becomes even more important to us. There's a good chance it won't be easy. At times it may even be a tooth and nail fight. Samson's gift left him fighting the Philistines until he dropped to the ground in exhaustion. It wasn't easy. And people hated him for it. Yours might be fighting negative body image in kids. 
or mental illness, domestic abuse. You may be fighting poor education and hunger. You may be fighting apathy in the church or division within your own family. You may be fighting despair in the lives of the sick. These fights are not easy. They're deadly serious. But they're creating heaven on earth, carving out a space where children can thrive, where truth is clear, where people are united, where people feel safe in their homes, where no one needs to be hungry. These are battles against sin in the world. Samson didn't always use his strength to protect the people from the Philistines. Oftentimes he used it to protect himself. And when he did, he broke hearts and homes. His gifts put to the wrong use wreaked havoc. He wasn't trying to build God's kingdom anymore. He was trying to build his own. And he started trying to build his own kingdom with a wife. He finally finds her. He falls in love, a Bible phrase that is not used lightly, with a woman named Delilah, a Philistine. Samson is head over heels, but some Philistine leaders come to Delilah and say, find out the secret of Samson's strength so we can finally get rid of this guy. We'll each give you 11,000 pieces of silver. And Delilah, in a moment's notice, is willing to sell love for a fortune. So she starts asking, and Samson tells her a way to get rid of her strength. Maybe he thinks they're joking around because this is ridiculous. He tells her that if someone comes and wraps rope around his wrist and ties him down, that he'd become weak. So Delilah does. And the Philistines come for him, but Samson snaps the strings like nothing. They do this dance twice more, with new ropes, and then with his hair weaved together. But each time, he breaks free. Delilah finally approaches Samson and says, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? She nags until he is tired to death. Some people think Samson just got tired of her nagging. I don't think so. He's tired to death because the woman he loves, the woman he would do anything for, is selling his life for a fortune. His heart is broken and he doesn't want to live anymore. You see, the life that he built for himself using his strength, it went sideways on him. He had the strength to kill armies. He had the strength to defeat enemies. But his strength could not convince the woman he loved to love him back. So he tells Delilah how to remove his strength. And when he falls asleep, a man comes and shaves off his hair. And at that moment, the Lord leaves him and his strength is gone. These gifts come from the Spirit of God. They are given to us in trust, and God teaches us to use them. Samson treated the gifts like it was his, something to use and something to lose. So he lost it. The Philistines captured him and turned him into a circus show. They changed him between two columns in the king's palace, and people would come and mock him. Kids would walk up and mock him, and he couldn't do a thing. After Delilah broke his heart and the Philistines broke his body, he hit rock bottom. He felt dead. The surprising thing is, the amazing thing, is that our God isn't really bothered by death. He can do things with death. 
So when Samson finally puts his faith back in God, he tears those columns down. The entire palace crumbles, destroying an entire army of Philistines and their king and their rulers. Samson's gift finally, finally fulfilled this outrageous purpose that he never could have conceived of. All he had to do was turn himself over to God and see how God would use it. We have all been entrusted with gifts from God. We decide how we want to use them. We can use them to build our own kingdoms, or we can die to ourselves and see how God will use them to build his. Samson is a rather outrageous story of a man and a great gift. It is an outrageous story of a man who learned the hard way that a gift from God means it is used to God's glory, not to our own. Perhaps even here, perhaps mostly here in the church, there are ministries and programs you are gifted for. Things you wouldn't feel obligated to do so much as excited. Things that would be exhausting but fulfilling. To the one who is given wisdom, teach. To the one who is given healing, heal. To the one who is given prophecy, prophesy. If you have gifts for working with children, then find a way to work with children. If your gift is in administration, find something to administer. If your gift is to encourage, encourage often. And if your gift is to write notes, then buy some stamps. Don't let God's good gifts go to waste. Use them. Use the gifts that are activated by the same Spirit. If you don't know how to plug your gift into this church, come find me. We need to chat because we need to figure out how to build ministry opportunities around the gifts that you already have. Samson's gift wasn't on Paul's list. But God had a way to use even superhuman strength for the glory of his kingdom. Can you imagine, just in a second, can you imagine all the other gifts that we have sitting in this room that we aren't using. Don't keep thinking your gift can't be used. If it's a gift from God, it's a gift for the good of his kingdom. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are amazed again at the gifts that you give us. Lord, I know that there are even gifts in this room that have never been used for the glory of your kingdom. And I pray that we as a church will rally around the gifts that are here, that we will figure out how to place ourselves in ministry opportunities so your kingdom here on earth can thrive. Would your Holy Spirit activate in us now those gifts and move us to action. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.